0: It always began with water. Water was the starting point and it was the point of entry. The Day of Atonement in the Old Testament, in Leviticus 16, it always began with water. The priest would put on his priestly robes and he would wash himself with water to make himself clean. The Day of Atonement was always about water and atonement and sacrifice. Water was the beginning. And after the water, the priest would offer a sacrifice for his own sin, and it was only after he'd offered that sacrifice that he'd offer the sacrifice for the sin of the people that he would enter, enter into the temple. After the sacrifice, he would carry the blood of the sacrifice through the outer courts toward the center of the temple, toward the holy place a place where only the priests could go in the Old Testament. He would take the blood of the sacrifice, and on the Day of Atonement, one day every single year, he'd go through the holy place. He would stand before the curtain that separated the people of God from the presence of God. And on the Day of Atonement, he would take the blood of the sacrifice, and he'd enter into the most holy place. He'd enter into the place where God's presence dwelt on earth. And he'd take the blood of the sacrifice and he would sprinkle it on the mercy seat. He'd sprinkle it on the top of the Ark of the Covenant, the throne of God on earth, the place where God's glory dwelt. He'd sprinkle that blood for the sin of the people. He'd sprinkle that blood because it was the day of atonement. Those instructions were given 1,400 years before Jesus came to earth, 1,400 years before the arrival of the Christ. And so for 1,400 years, once a year, every single year, the high priest would do all of those things. It always started with water. Water was the entry point. And it would move towards sacrifice, and it would all be about atonement on the day of atonement. But it always began with water. And any time you do something for 1,400 years, well, you can imagine it's probably easy to forget about why exactly you're doing it. We do this in our lives all the time. We make the same mistake that Israel made after 1,400 years. We mistake the gifts of God for God himself. It's not a hard thing to do. That was their issue. It was making, mistaking the shadow for the reality. And we do that all the time. We mistake the shadow for the reality. Your family is a good gift of God, but it's not Jesus. Your friends are good gifts from God, but they are not Jesus. Your money is a good gift from God, but it is not Jesus. Jesus. Your time is a good gift from God, but it is not Jesus. Your job is a good gift from God, but it is not Jesus. Even your church is a good gift from God, but it's not Jesus. And see, we find ourselves falling very often into the same trap that Israel fell into, mistaking the shadow for the reality, taking the gifts of God and elevating them to the place of God, breaking the first commandment. With the good gifts that God gives us. The sacrificial system was one of those things. It was a good gift of God, but it was not Jesus. In fact, Hebrews tells us that the blood of bulls and goats can never take away sins was never for atonement in the Old Testament. It was never for forgiveness of sins. The blood of bulls and goats can't do that. But what it can do is point us to the blood of the Lamb who takes away the sin of the world. And that's what it was always supposed to do. It was always supposed to be a shadow that just pointed us to the reality of Jesus. And the sacrificial system did a great job of that because, see, when Jesus came to earth, The first Christmas, the incarnation, it was a time that everything changed, but so much was the same also. It was still about water and sacrifice and atonement. And it still began with water. All three of what we call the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all three of them, they begin with the baptism of Jesus. When we get to Jesus' ministry, that's the first thing that happens. Jesus goes to the water of the Jordan, and down under the waters of the Jordan, he comes up, and he hears the voice of his Father. This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. He sees the Holy Spirit descending in the form of a dove on him. It begins with water. And that's the beginning of a road that leads to sacrifice. The sacrifice on the cross, of course, is no ordinary sacrifice. It's no sacrifice like in the Old Testament. But so much of it is also the same. Back in Leviticus 16, when we hear about the Day of Atonement, we hear about all kinds of stuff. But one of the things that we hear about there is the scapegoat. The goat upon whom was loaded all the sins of the people of Israel. That's what happens on the Day of Atonement. Good Friday. Good Friday. The sins of the people are loaded on Jesus. And not just the sins of the people of Israel, the sins of the people of the entire world, your sin, my sin, all of it loaded on Christ. All of it loaded on the one who would die for us. In fact, he's baptized into it. Just like we're baptized into his righteousness, our sin is loaded on him. The final and full and free sacrifice for atonement. Jesus dies on the cross and in many ways it's not like the blood of bulls and goats. In many ways it's very, very different because this is God himself coming to earth, taking on flesh so that he might die the death that we're supposed to die. And he dies that death for all the times that you mistake the good gifts of God for the giver. And all the times that I do that too, he dies because God is a gracious giver. He's so gracious that he not only gives us all that other stuff, but he gives his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. It's still about water and sacrifice and atonement and in the life of Jesus, it all begins with water. But Jesus changes everything. After his death and in in his resurrection, everything is changed for the people of God. It's all different. We don't do the Day of Atonement anymore in church. Everything's different now. And yet, just like Jesus, so much of it is also the same. It still begins with water. It begins with the water of your baptism. Water is still the entry point Those three things are still there, water and sacrifice and atonement. All of that stuff is still there, but it's different now. And it's different because when when the water is the entry point, you enter into the death of Jesus. You're baptized into the death of Jesus. You're baptized into the righteousness of Jesus. You're baptized into the only atonement that you will ever need, full and free and complete atonement. By the blood of the Lamb who takes away the sin of the world. So that's the water. And that's the atonement. But what about the sacrifice? Well, in one way, the sacrifice is done. Because, of course, Jesus dies on the cross, and it's the last sacrifice that will ever be necessary for atonement. In fact, it's the only sacrifice that will ever be necessary for atonement. But Paul, in our epistle reading, talks about something else. He talks about us being living sacrifices. And what he means is this. It's not a sacrifice for atonement. It's a sacrifice because of atonement. Jesus changes everything when he comes to earth, and yet those three things are still there. It begins with water. It baptizes us into the sacrifice and into the atonement, and our lives are supposed to be living sacrifices as a result. Paul says, present your bodies as living living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God. And the very next thing he says is, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mind, body, soul, all of it together makes who we are. All of it together is our living sacrifice to God. You've probably heard that before. Romans 12 is not an uncommon reading. In fact, it's a pretty common confirmation verse. And so you've probably heard those words before. The question really, I think, is all that's great. How do we do it? And Paul helps us out here. Because right after he talks about not being conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, he goes into this big, long list. First of all, he says, we're the church, and we're all in this together. And then he goes into this big, long list of the good gifts of God and what we do with them. How we use them to his glory, not to ours. And that's where it begins. See, being a living sacrifice starts with remembering that those gifts of God are, are his, not ours. It starts with remembering that you are stewards. I am a steward. We are stewards. God gave us those things, not for us to keep and not for us to hold and not for us to use for our own benefit. He entrusted us with them for this life. So your family's not your family. It's God's people. And so what we do is we treat them as God would have us treat them. Your friends are not your friends. They're the people of God. Whether they're Christians or not, they are God's people, God's created beings. And some of them are God's people by redemption too if they are Christians. But regardless of any of that, you do what God would have you do, which is speak the gospel to them. Your money's not your money. It's God's. That's why we give it back, a portion of it, to God, to the place where he meets us in word and sacrament. And we're generous with it out there as well to people who are in need. Even your time is not your time. The days that you are given here on this earth, they are not yours. They're God's. They're his gift to you, to use to his glory. Your job is not your job. It's a calling something God has brought you to, whatever that job is. It's a way that you serve others in Christ. Even your church is not your church. It's not my church either. It's God's church. And so as God's people, we come together here to make this place grow, to make this place thrive, to make sure that God's word and his sacraments are preached and distributed from here, to make sure that his gifts go out to people. See, being a living sacrifice means living a life of stewardship. We're going to talk about that over the next four weeks. We're starting a sermon series today called Living Sacrifices. It's a sermon series about stewardship about what it means to be the people of God, what it means to live our lives and li- as living sacrifices. So we'll jump into that quite a bit more over the next three weeks. But this morning, I would encourage you to start with water. Start with the way it's always started. You may have noticed that on the way in, there's a baptismal font that's out there in front of the doors. It's the baptismal font from the chapel over here. Some of you might have been baptized in that baptismal font, and people generally had one of two questions uh, when they uh, when they saw the baptismal font. One question was, "Is this holy water?" It's not holy water, just regular water, unless there's something about the faucet back there that I don't know. It's not holy water. The other question was, uh, uh, "Do we have another leak in the roof?" It's not that either. It's back there on purpose. See, a lot of Lutheran churches will have their baptismal font back there. And the reason for it is, it always starts with water. Water is the entry point. Water is your entry point into the family of God. So the baptismal font in a lot of churches is back there, right before you enter the sanctuary, so that you can dip your fingers in the water, make the sign of the cross, or the sign of the cross, and remember your baptism. Remember how your life in Christ began with water. Remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for you and the atonement that you were baptized into. It always begins with water. And so in this stewardship journey, I would encourage you to begin with water. You probably didn't know that stuff on the way in, but you know it on the way out. And I'd encourage you as you leave the sanctuary today to dip your finger in the water. Make the sign of the cross. Remember your baptism as you go out into the world, into your life of stewardship, into your being a living sacrifice this week. And actually, I'd encourage you not just to do it on the way out of the sanctuary, but to do what Luther said we should do, which is every morning remember your baptism. When you're at the sink, in the bathroom, you got tap water just like the tap water out there, use a little bit of it. Make the sign of the cross. I challenge you every day this week to do that at the beginning of your day so that you'll remember your baptism and you'll remember Jesus' sacrifice and you'll remember the atonement that you are baptized into, and most especially so that you will remember that as you go about your day, you do it as a steward of the good gifts of God that he gives you in the very blood of Jesus. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard our hearts and our minds, keeping them steadfast in Christ Jesus.